Hello, it is 8.30 a.m. in New York, 3.30 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 8.30 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Schneider Bean from sundaybean.com. I'm a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations, and I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. According to a new survey from Mercer Human Resource Consulting, more women are being sent on international assignments than ever before. Yet, the percentage remains only at 25%. Why is it that women are so far behind their male counterparts? In the Mercer survey, we found out a few things that two-thirds of companies provide no incentives or support to help partners that settle in a host location. 15% of companies do not send females to hardship locations. And female expatriates are far less likely than males to be accompanied by their partners on assignment. So there is huge growth in the number of females that are sent in places like the Asia Pacific. And this reflects the trends that we're seeing globally. According to Yvonne Soncio, the principal of Mercer Human Resources Consulting. At the same time, over half of the companies expect that the number of female assignees continues to rise. Yet, as Ms. Soncino says, that for expatriates going on assignment, it is an important step in the career ladder. Yet, women are often faced with policies that are outdated and don't reflect the changing profile. So I am excited to continue the conversation that we started in episode 121, why only 25% of international assignees are women, and continue it with an expert on supporting expat females abroad, and that is from Gertrude Eviger. She is an international HR professional and coach. She's Austrian by birth and has lived and worked as an expat in Africa and currently in Jamaica. Gertrude is also an expert in international recruitment, um, talent acquisition, executive search, and is a transition coach. She got inspired by so many women that she met along the way and worked with in the recent years and saw a need to support these high-achieving expat women on their mission and help them discover how they can maximize their impact, have more time, and more energy. So I am so excited to welcome you to Expat Happy Hour today. Hi, Sunday. I'm very happy to be here with you. So now you are located, if I'm right, in Jamaica. Is that right? Yes, yeah. I'm working and living in Kingston. Okay, so you are involved with so many things. You've got a community initiative where you share your experience about expat life. You're supporting people with leadership. And I know that you're working in multiple organizations and just launched your business. So tell us, how did you get here? Yeah, I'm very happy to, to share my story and journey. How did I get there? It all, it all started around five years ago when we took a very bold decision, my husband and myself, to go abroad. And five years ago, I was very comfortable in HR consulting in Austria. And I was at a place where I um, was very frightened and scared to go abroad, actually. And I said a couple mm -hmm. of things like, I will just stay a year. I don't want to have kids abroad. 
um, I want to work abroad, but it's so hard. So there was a lot of bias from my side around it. And then fast forward, I um, was leading then in Ethiopia, where we sent to, I got a chance to step into a leadership role. Um, I was leading the biggest consultancy in, in East Africa. And I experienced myself the complexity of layers when leading actually as an only expat in a very vulnerable um, country and context. So I experienced it all, but I really fell in love with um, expert life, with that complexity, with um, the power of um, creation when you are working with a local team. And um, yeah, actually right now I'm sitting in Jamaica. So the story is that we both, we truly saw and see the time abroad as an opportunity for the career of my husband, but also now for my career. And um, in Jamaica right now, I, um, I found this mission and um, I'm very passionate about rewriting mm -hmm. the expert stories. So I find the world of expatriation is still, it's a very traditional bubble, actually, when we see mostly men are sent abroad, the wife or the partner is following, um, careers are broken, um, and we only see kind of like a small number of women leading the assignment. And whenever I see women, and also back in Africa, I've worked yeah. with a lot of women, they really inspired me. They really I had kind of like a tribe around me and they really challenged me and they really, you know, they, they supported me so much. So they were a central point for my journey to rewrite my journey. I came from, mm -hmm. wow, this is so challenging to, wow, I really love it. And um, this is the path where I saw, let's, let's start in rewriting the, the expert journey and rewriting careers of women by supporting women send abroad because I really see there's another layer of complexity for them in the leading well and I love I love what you're saying about about looking at the these women's stories and being inspired by it. And I remember I was actually um when was it? I was at a a party at someone's house. We were sitting down and just having regular conversation. We talked about um, a woman that I know who's a single parent and she travels a lot for her work and she makes it work and she's got an adorable child and everything is totally fine. Right. And I remember in that conversation, I said, to be really honest, I don't know if I would have ever even come up with the idea to be a single parent and take a leadership position abroad. Do you know what I mean? Like if you are in a place where you are a single parent and you're in your home country to come to the idea. Yeah, I can totally do that. I don't even know if I would have had I not known this woman. And it's, it goes around this idea of we can't become it if we don't see it. It doesn't even dawn on us to do that. And that's why I think it's so important for more females who have expatriate assignments have visibility so that other women are like, oh, wait a minute, I can do that too. Or organizations start to create normalcy around the fact that um, women take on assignments successfully. So I think that's a great, a great point around raising visibility and, and, you know, sharing inspiration about people's stories. Yeah, absolutely. What I do really see is there is a lot of bias from all sides on, on 
getting women into C-level roles, right? Like this is a, like a, a big global topic mm -hmm. right now. How do we get more women in C-level roles in boards on the top? But it all starts earlier on in the careers. And let's say a lot of careers, they're really infused by an, a, an assignment abroad. This is a career booster in a lot of cases. A lot of cases, it even it's, it's a demand to be abroad for a subsidiary. But the minute women are not like asked or also themselves, they're not thinking of this option. There is a break in that overall journey um, to, to get to a certain level in a career and to impact um, at, at highest level. So I find this um, kind of like, you know, seeing it as a journey for the organization and for the woman as well. I see that very fascinating. Like how can we step-by-step step break the bias and rewrite the stories? And as you said, it's really right? a lot of times like seeing women doing it, it's like, hey, wait a minute, I can do it myself. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just like right. if she can do it, so can I. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and in a lot of like um, you know, a lot of like questions and also especially the question like when is the right time to do that? But when you see someone doing it, even for example, being a single parent or having two or three kids, but you see them doing it, you're like, Hey, wait a minute, you know, mm -hmm. like let's get there as well. Let's just give it a try. Yeah, totally. And I have, I mean, I have female clients who are, have the lead assignment and I've watched them have babies abroad and do that successfully. Right. And I've watched, um, you know, C-suite leaders manage the leadership challenges and, you know, support their family while they're abroad. It's totally possible. And it is, is it challenging? Sure. But it doesn't matter what gender you are. This is challenging to, to take this high level of complexity and master it. Um, but it has nothing to do with with gender, right? It's just about man, you know, mastering complexity. And I, I don't know. I'm curious what you think when we look at organizations. I'm going to be really direct here when I ask you this. Um, what do you think organizations are doing wrong when it comes to acquiring and recruiting and supporting women who are on expat assignments or could be tagged and go forward to expat assignments? Yes, I love the question. I feel, and now also the recruiter speaks out of me, the HR hat. Um, I feel it, it starts very early on. It starts in, in the recruitment process. It starts in the succession planning considerations. It, is, it starts in those discussions where we think of potential leaders in the organization who could go to a certain country. And then the organization already, they might outrule women because this is a hardship post or own, this is, might not be the right time in the career. There are a lot of, it might be a lot of bias. And as I also said, it might be also from the woman's side, they would not have spoken up to say, hey, I am available and I would love to go abroad. So I feel mm -hmm. it, it starts early on. And then in the recruitment process, um, for for many organizations it's right it's like a kind of like a black box how do you get there it's like you have a mentor or you have a, a sponsor in the organization and you get really promoted you get really pushed um and if you don't have that sometimes it's hard to get into those recruitment cycles so i feel this recruitment process is a very it's a very very crucial time actually because right now when i see mm -hmm. who is thriving in the assignment who is really challenged by a certain market like here in jamaica you can already see already like some facts where we think oh well wait a minute like 
this person is new in a leadership role, has never been in a complex or um, fast-paced and like complex environment like Jamaica, um, and maybe also don't have any support in kind of like how to lead abroad, how to lead in this environment, um, how to manage all the emotions of the whole family. So they are kind of like dropped in a country um, without considering all the context. So I feel the selection process and really seeing, okay, this mindset, the, the skills, the history before, the journey, um, but most importantly, like the really like what, what support do we give this person as well to make it absolute priority to success, to have a successful assignment and get then the results the organization wants. And of course, the individual wants as well. I feel that's really a crucial time. And I do see that organizations sometimes that, rush um, into decisions. It's like, wow, we need someone in one month there. Let's get it done. Let's get a change done. But I feel, and then later on you, they are like fine tuning, but I feel like, you know, more preparation, more really um, crucial decisions at the beginning. Um, that's very, that's very important. Mm -hmm. And this gets to my pet peeve, why organizations um, will be mindful in their recruitment and selection, drop people off abroad, and then offer zero support for their <laughs> for their adaptation. It just makes me crazy because I've worked with so many people. I have like this, how many, you know, behind the curtain views do I have of leaders dropped abroad somewhere and not given any support once they're there? Like there's so much pre-departure training you can get, but when you really need help is when you're facing that problem with your intercultural team or you're feeling fatigue from being abroad or you're something tragic happens at home and you can't be there for it and you're wondering whether this is a good idea. These are the times when when people need to be supported. And it doesn't mean that they have a deficit. It means that they've reached a level of complexity um, where they haven't yet had an opportunity to have their strategies um, up level to them, right? Like it just, it makes me crazy why people, why organizations don't do more to support people once they're there. Yes, yeah. So this, uh, that was just, just my personal this, rant. <laughs> yeah, this just this speaks right out of my out of my heart because I really see um, the the energy piece. So to get your energy levels constantly up mm -hmm. in an in another country in another environment, this is key. And then also to really to be able to connect to your local team, it means that you you have a sparing partner or a support system or maybe like a mastermind group around you who you can talk about complex problems or let's call it high quality problems that experts have. <laughs> you know, when you talk to your family at home, they're like, yeah, but you're in Jamaica, right? Why do you bother with all <laughs> that? You know, like we have, um, we could call it high quality problems that, but they are real problems, you know, they're like real problems that kind of like, um, yeah, might stop us to to show up every day with your team in that genuine and humble way that they buy into your vision and that they walk with you to really make the changes and that that's the crucial piece. Without that connection to your local team, you will not go anywhere as an expat. It will be very hard to get your results and to, to make the impact you want um, without really being there and being present. But of course, if you're like, if in your mind you have other, like you have, um, yeah, you, you face challenges, it's, it's hard also to be really present and, and lead from this, um, yeah, very 
you know, very, very focused, very connected space. Mm -hmm. And I think it's short sighted of organizations to think that you can take someone talented in a domestic context, put them in an international context and expect all of those skills to be enough because those were skills that were built in a domestic context with that level of complexity, not in an international context with a different level of complexity. And that's where I get, I think where organizations are going wrong. You tell me that where they're going wrong is also at the beginning, it, it starts from recruiting and even getting people to the table to even start in the pipeline, right? Who's getting it right? What are they doing? The organization who really gets it right, I feel they start from a black, from a white paper, the drawing board. So they consider the talent that is in the organization, women and men. They ask, they get everyone in the process. And um, they created also those trust systems where women speak up and say, hey, I wanna, I wanna have this chance as well. Then later on in the process, they realize the complexity of sending people abroad, sending leaders abroad. Did you say it's not only plug and play, it's plug and play, but without your support system, without your family, so very much complex. So they offer support systems, they offer coaching for the, for the partners, for the family, but also for the expat. Um, really, let's say, sustainable programs where we say, hey, this leader is in the organization for 10 years. So why do we stop now, you know, leadership support? Why do we stop right now very specific training to even maximize the potential? So I feel those organizations, they really got the complexity. They support the partner and also see happy expert, happy partner, and vice versa. But not only investing one, because I also saw um, organizations that invest a lot in the partner and they could um, you know, build their own businesses, they could do education, um, but yet the, um, there was no further support for the expert. And I do feel the expert is the lead in their assignment and they face, especially when it's a woman and also men, they face a lot of pressure to to make it all happen because this is why we are here, right? So give mm -hmm. all that support instead of only support in visa and sending boxes and um, sending the container, but also supporting that emotional roller coaster journey. And as you said, I really like that that you said we need a support when reality hits. We can do a lot of preparation mm -hmm. before. We can do perfect lists. We can do a culture training. We can talk about all that. But when reality hits, this is another story. And this is where we need immediate support. Um, because then it's like the next day. And then you show up with your team. Then you create this vision. Then you 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 walk with them. And um, right. I just, I see it like here in Jamaica, for example, it's when you, people are very proud and, um, when you do not invest in those relationships, when you don't get your team along with you and they buy into your vision, it's, it's, it will be a very challenging market. And um, yeah, just seeing organizations sending, for example, also leaders abroad that let's say it's a new leadership role for them, then the first expert assignment or only the second one in a, in a changing market and then giving no support on the, on the rest of the journey and then yet expecting extraordinary results. For me, it's like, wow, there's, there's like a missing puzzle piece kind of. 
total disconnect, yeah. total disconnect, right? And when I look at, you know, I work a lot with top talent and I, this is the danger, right? Because these people are high performers and they were high performers in their, in their local context. They get sent internationally and they are expected to perform even better, right? When they're abroad, yet they are given fewer resources, few less support than in their domestic context, right? The exponential gap is getting bigger. And when you talk about pre-departure training and that support, the image that came to mind is like, you know, in some cultural groups, you meet with um, the priest or the pastor or some religious figure before you get married for marriage counseling. And it's like, it's like saying that that 20 minute conversation with the religious leader is enough to have a successful marriage for the next, you know, 20 to 50 years. It's the work that you do when you're in the thick of it that makes the difference, not the the optimistic ideas you had before you set foot. Right? And I just I I don't there's something that I just haven't seen yet where organizations are connecting the dots between early repatriation, the expense that it takes, you know, when people leave an assignment early because of family dissatisfaction or burnout, you know, why aren't organiza- more organizations connecting the dots to invest? And the investments are not that expensive, right? When you think about, you know, six months with a coach or an online tool or something, it doesn't have to be astronomical investment in comparison to what the risks are. Exactly. Yeah. And um, also here, like in terms of like, you know, high investment costs, sometimes it's really very easy tweaks to say, hey, um, I'll give my expert a local mentor. I immediately connect them with the local team and I have a local team member kind of like, you know, um, giving them the lead to 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 supporting them when they arrive. So to immediately connect them. So that we do everything as an organization as well to burst those expert bubbles. Yes. Because the minute we are isolated, the minute um, also in the organization, only experts are taking the decisions. This is where we have that disconnect. And then some years down the line or sometime down the line, it's like, oh, wow, why why can't we make these changes happen? Right. So I feel it's. It's kind of like always that reality hit, especially mm-hmm. for the expat. It's also, it's a time where um, we are always high performers. We were always used to outperform, especially women. Everyone I worked with, they are like, you know, as a woman, I feel I even want to more outperform because I want to be seen. This is like, you know, satisfying result is not enough. I want to outperform, mm-hmm. but abroad, this is another layer then of complexity. So to work consistently on that, um, kind of like, also kind of like, you know, um, really seeing where are we and and how can we outperform, it really needs that connection piece before where we where we need to, to work on um, the fear that is around the frustration and the stress to um to get to the point of outperformance right right? so a lot of times this is how we are wired we are already in the future and we are like i want to like create these massive results and then reality hits is like wow okay this is like harder than expected Mm -hmm. or like other thoughts are coming into our mind it's like the what i saw the imposter syndrome uh imposter syndrome yeah. right where we think oh, wow this is like a new role for me who hopefully no one finds out that i've i'm doing this kind of like the first time in another mm-hmm. country 
as a as an example and um yeah we a lot of times we don't see the full potential we have in us because we were chosen for a reason so now we are here and now we make this happen well, I want to get back to this idea of connection. And I think that's where you and I see things very similarly, that when we are working across cultures, the fastest way to expedite our success is to make connection through relationships and with a lo the local culture. And I love that idea about a mentor, a local mentor. They would serve as your cultural informant as well um, and someone to help you understand the local market um, and the ins and outs, right? You need someone on your side to help you save face or to understand um, the way things are done around here, right? In, in air quotes. Um, I love that idea. So here's the thing. There's some things that organizations are already doing well. There are organizations out there who are missing the mark. Regardless of that, um, what can individuals do regardless of the kind of support they offer in their organization to make the most of their career potential so that they can go abroad or once they're already there? Mm -hmm. I love the question. My answer is to dream big and speak, speak it out, speak about your dreams. So mm -hmm. as a woman, when you, you form your network, you, you form your, your system in your organization and it's important that your your sponsors and your network they know about your dreams and they know about your aspirations so unless we speak up and we share our visions and we share where we see ourselves going no one will assume especially when there is a lot of bias especially whatever reasons there are but they would not maybe consider you for a hardship country or they would not consider you because you have three kids or you're a single mom, they would consider, oh, wow, this would be too challenging. So speaking up and um, constantly surrounding yourself with, um, with people that are challenging you. I love that idea, you know, to constantly create another comfort zone and exit mm -hmm. your comfort zone level and exit a zone where we say high achievers they like you already you do extraordinary things and a lot of people might say wow I mean how can she do all that this is like just almost crazy like wow how is she doing all that but deep inside you are feeling yeah it's it's really cool what I'm doing but secretly you think okay it's still only 70 percent of my you know mm -hmm. full potential so to I really invite everyone to kind of like check in and say, Hey, how can we, how can we maximize, how can I maximize my, my impact? And um, how can I, how can I thrive, you know, and take it further and dream big, but then also to really be very aware of, of your resources and your energies, because especially with, with women, what I've seen is we are very endurant. I call them endurance queens. We can run very long time at very high pace, also under very much stress, and we can juggle it all, you know, kind of like we can buy the Christmas gifts, we can drop the kids to school, and then we also we, we master our leadership role. Um, we do all that, but important is to, to take that time very carefully for yourself, especially abroad, to find a routine to take care of yourself, 
um, then you can take care of your company, then you can take care of your family. But this is a, a topic that's very, very dear to my heart to, mm-hmm. to, to really work on your energy levels and really set your system up for success. And that's what I love about the work that you do in terms of emphasizing energy, because what I've noticed with the women that I work with, um, if they are working and have a family, they feel guilty about the time they already spent away from their kids. So they tend to put their own needs uh, in the back burner so that they can be physically present with their children in terms of quantity of time. And that eventually leads to burnout because they're giving everything at work, they're giving everything to their family, and they're not doing anything to replenish their energy. And that's that leads to burnout, right? We know that endurance leads to exhaustion and resilience leads to rejuvenation. And that's I think that's a really important um, factor that you mentioned, that women need to do better about managing their energy so they can give um continue to give in a sustainable way. Right. So there's something that's, there's something that's popping up for me. And um, we've talked about women and expat leadership. And I just want to put out a caveat there that what we've talked about isn't exclusive to women. Some of this even applies to um, minor, other minority groups that, you know, both the, um, the studies that we've looked at around, Um, how women are socialized lead to some of these behaviors, right? It doesn't mean that all women are like this and men are not like this, or it doesn't apply to men. I think that's just an important caveat to put out there. Um, What we're looking at generally is tendencies that we've seen in the social scientific research and what we've seen in both of our practices um, with with expats. Um, Because I do know that people can get on the defense too, because there are, um, let's say a ton of men who are out there that are facing similar challenges and feeling stretched thin as well. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're excluded from these same strategies. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I can, I can only second that. Um, and what I just saw is the factor of loneliness. It's it's another layer for a woman because most of the time they are really they might be the only one in the organization. So that factor of loneliness that that might hit hit harder. And um, maybe for my list before what I just wanted to add is for individuals as a hint. If you don't have a master group or you can't find any organization or like you know scenario where you can share the challenges you go through in your country, create one. Mm-hmm. Because just lately I heard from, from an expert woman, it was, she was a single first leadership role abroad. Um, she found it very challenging, but she really missed a like-minded group around her. And I feel that that could also be a game changer if you create a mastermind group around you or this is what I what I was doing here in Jamaica. I found it here. We are Jamaica, which is kind of like a mastermind group of like-minded where we share challenges and opportunities to work and, and lead and live in the country. But just hearing the challenges and also talking about the challenges and how you solve them, this is also important because a lot of times we might um, stay shallow and say, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Or mm-hmm. we are on the extreme. Oh, wow. This is so hard, but talking about the challenges and then also sharing the secrets, what helped you or ask for, for help. This is also a game changer in the, in the narrative. 
Super important. So let me just recap some of the big points here. Um, allow yourself to dream big. Speak up with your wishes. Um, so don't assume that you'll get picked on if someone sees that you're good enough, but actually communicate that proactively. Also break through some of the biases saying, yes, I have, you know, I'm a single parent, but that doesn't mean I don't want to go abroad, right? The other idea that you brought up is um, to, if you are ambitious and know that you've got more potential that hasn't been tapped into, be active in exiting your comfort zone and surround yourself with a community of people who are doing the same so you can support each other. And then be very careful at monitoring your energy so you can consistently give to your organization, to your family, and to yourself. Wonderful. So we've talked about a lot. Now, if people want to get in contact with you and find out more, where can they reach you? They can reach me um, through my website, GertrudeArega.com, and I'm sure you'll share it as well. They can yeah. also reach me via LinkedIn and just drop me a message. And I'm always very excited to connect, to hear those stories. I'm featuring an interview series. It's called Expert Woman on the Move, where I'm featuring um, success stories of women abroad that I'm sure will inspire other women and where they share about their secrets um, to lead abroad and how they, how they overcome their fear. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for what you're doing to raise the profile of women that are working abroad so that other women can see that it's possible and can find their people and exchange ideas. I really appreciate what you're doing um, for expat women abroad. It means a lot. So thank you for that. Thank you so much, Sunday. All right, everyone, you've been listening to Expat Happy Hour with Sunday Schneider Bean. Thank you for listening. I will leave you with the words from Gloria Vanderbilt. I've always believed that one woman's success can only help another woman succeed. <laughs> <laughs>